What's up, my beautiful humans? My name is Caitlin, and welcome to the Outdoor Fit Podcast. I combine my love of the outdoors and my background in nutrition and fitness coaching to bring you information that will keep you well-fed, strong, and kicking ass in the mountains. Lace up your boots and grab some snacks. Let's get into it. All right, should we just go for it? Yeah. All right, well, let me turn on my little light. All right, in three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's morning, kind of, for me and Caitlin. It's 11 o'clock. It's almost noon. It's almost noon. It's fine. (laughs) We had some technical difficulties getting on today. Today's a very special episode because, as you guys know, um, Caitlin Jones, she is uh, Caitlin J Coaching, Caitlin Jones Coaching. Yep, Caitlin J. Caitlin J. For some reason, I want to There are lots of us. It's fine. Okay. Caitlin J coaching on Instagram. Um, you guys know, she's one of my friends. She was my coach for about a year, for a year. Yeah. Trained Almost. me for my hunt last fall, but we're also colleagues. We're also good friends. And we, we just, we like to talk shit some days. So you're literally welcome to the Caitlin and Elena talk shit. And this is a extra special episode because Caitlin, this isn't just going to be on what the fuck. This is also going up as its own entity on your outdoor fit. Outdoor fit. Yeah. And if you guys aren't following Outdoor Fit Podcast, Caitlin, you want to tell us, like, what is Outdoor Fit all about? Yeah. So my coaching is a little bit specifically towards people in the outdoor industry, you know, hunters, hikers, skiers, backpackers, mountain bikers, and how you can use fitness and nutrition to make those sports that you do, your lifetime sports, even better and stay outdoors longer by, you know, fueling yourself with great food and great recovery and keeping or staying strong. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is really awesome because I think that if we can all agree that a quality of life is a, is a lifelong pursuit. You don't want to be, you know, hurting in your forties, fifties, even beyond, if you can help maintain your body and your health more effectively for the activities that you enjoy doing, it just, you get more out of life doing it that way. Um, so Caitlin. Yes, Elena. (laughs) TikTok. (laughs) parasite cleanses you know they just like to make our job harder but also easier some at the same time yeah thank you for pointing out my ideal clients thank you I appreciate it thank you for pointing out the people that need me in their lives and making it easier for me to find them because they're wrecking their bodies by doing these influencer cleanses um yeah influencers you guys suck sometimes because you make our jobs extremely difficult you want to influence like your clothes, you want to influence your, you know, your restaurants that you like to go to, the things that you like to put, go for it. But like get out yeah. of people's shit literally. Literally stay out of people's shit. Please. Uh, I, because yeah. you're doing more harm than good. You're doing more harm than good. Um, so this was a fun one. So as you guys uh, know, obviously I work in the functional nutrition and holistic fitness space, which I do spend a lot of time dealing with gut issues. A lot of my clients are dealing with gut issues. I like to say lovingly to my clients, I have all the problem children because um, almost everybody that I work with has an autoimmune disease or some kind of hormone imbalance, or we're coming off of birth control, or they've had longstanding gut health issues. And so I, I, I feel like I live in this like weird bubble where I 
see this stuff all the time and I see how common it is. And maybe it's because I focus on it, but also Caitlin, you work in the outdoor space, but what also do you find in people just on a day-to-day basis? And and you're also um, a nutritional therapy practitioner too. So you have a great insight on addressing (laughs) gut health in general. So do you want to give us kind of your perspective and on take on the sort of just wide range of gut issues that people deal with on a daily basis? Yes. Well, and I'm starting to get more of those problem children just because I am kind of widening my scope and also addressing like, you know, if I've been working with you for, there's one girl that I've been working with on and off for a bit and she finally kind of committed to the online world and, you know, she's, I trust her to make all of the right decisions food-wise and that she's working out, but nothing is happening. And then it's like, cool, we're going to dig a little deeper. Now that we've established the foundations, and that's pretty much like the entire thing of being an NTP is you go back to the super basics. So you look at what you eat, you look at the quality of food, doesn't necessarily have to be organic, but it's like, are you eating like normal vegetables or are they always cooked into something like casseroles and but it's like going back to those single identifying foods figuring out if any of those give you any digestive distress then if those are all 90 percent perfect then we move on from there into cool like you're always tired you're always either constipated or have diarrhea you can't fall asleep and then it's really hard hard to wake up like cool we're gonna dig a little deeper into that and that's where labs come in exactly and it's likely not a parasite it's not sexy and i love having a not sexy business yeah our businesses are not sexy at all not fast it's not quick there's nothing quick about what i do And because building endurance to climb a mountain takes time. You're not going to go from your couch to a summit in a week. Correct. And same thing. You're not going to go from shit digestion to perfect poops every day. Yeah. If it works that fast, there's likely still something else going on underneath the hood. And and this is where we get into um, this whole TikTok parasite cleanse. It's been sort of bouncing around like online in influencers, people without any kind of background knowledge, education, or working experience with these are going, oh, I took this thing and it decreased all of these symptoms. And my favorite part with the whole, oh, we're pooping out worms now. And we'll get into that in a second. But the bottom line is that we 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 are very aware, okay, both Caitlin and I and several other coaches, because the the basic health things are starting to become more and more common, even with coaches who don't necessarily focus in functional nutrition. Um, they focus more, they're starting to come back to basics. Fitness as a whole is starting to come back to basics, which is going to fix a lot of shit just by default of going back to basics at the end of the day. It, everybody should do it and everybody should consider it. But Caitlin nailed it on the head. The shit that we do is not sexy. It's not flashy and it's not a quick fix. I just posted on my stories yesterday. I had a client who s- said something like, oh, we finally, like she's finally losing weight and she's finally, her cycle length is getting shorter because, and we've been working together for almost a year and it took us almost a year to get to this point because there were so many other things that we had to address prior to turning a focus to these hormone pathways within her body that had to be fixed first 
relationship with food, how you manage movement, behaviors, habits that support maintaining your health for the long term. That shit is not sexy and it does not get fixed with a cleanse that's a week or three weeks or 90 days or whatever you want to do. So symptoms that we see that are pretty common across the board for multiple issues that are likely not necessarily related to a parasite specifically is abdominal pain, like cramping, right? You got diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, um, gas, excessive gas, bloating, um, loose stool, um, you know, stomach pain, uh, feeling tired, fatigue, unexpected weight loss. Um, and, and those things are so common that they could be related to multiple other things and doing a cleanse is not going to fix them because you have to get to the root of the issue. Um, and Especially we talk doing about it just basically like strips everything in your intestine yeah. line or in your intestinal tract. Like exactly. Not, and I, I talk about this all the time. If you guys have heard me, I know Caitlin and I bitch about this all the time to each other is that anytime you do any kind of cleanse or detox, you're not just like dealing, getting with the bad bacteria out of your system. You're stripping your body of all of the good bacteria in your microbiome as well as likely stripping yourself of the ability to absorb nutrients, which is necessary for your overall health. <laughs> so um, that's one of those things. And what happens is you do a cleanse and it does, it does work. I'm going to say work in quotes in air quotes. It works because your stomach is flatter. You basically shit water for three days. So of course you're going to lose weight. Um, and you maybe have more energy, um, for a couple days again, likely because for a temporary time you stopped eating shit and you started eating stuff that's less processed. If that makes sense, like your ratio of like processed food to unprocessed food, like gets better. Imagine that you ate more vegetables and you started to feel better. Fiber's great. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Okay. So then we get to that point and then, then a few days passes and you stop maintaining these so-called like that you stop drinking. You have, you have a couple days where you maybe don't drink as much water. You stay up too late scrolling on TikTok one night and then you don't get as much sleep. And then the next day you're really craving this. And well, I've been really great for the last week or so. I'm going to have this like brunch thing. That's like, fried and deep fried and whatever. And we're not saying not to eat those things ever, but we're talking about your relationship and your perception of what's impacting your body, right? It's it's not necessarily that certain foods are off limits from like a food freedom perspective. And both Caitlin and I come from eating disorder past. So we know that you can't like just put a ban on it, but you have to look at the relationship of your choices and your perception of those choices in relation to how your body is responding. So if you're kind of, and then, and then, then you're like, then you start to spiral because when you get less sleep, your ability to manage cravings and manage stress decreases. So you're more likely to give in to those cravings and you're less likely to plan ahead because you're probably tired as fuck. And then you end up back in the cycle again. You go, oh, well, I'm going to do that cleanse again. And the cycle continues. And, and then you get excited, nothing's working. And, that, and then you get pissed because nothing's working. And then you stop losing the weight because your metabolism is fucked. <laughs> like just it's the worst vicious cycle ever it's the most vicious cycle ever and and we've been there we've been there we know that there's various versions of the cycle but if you're going oh they're really talking about me right now yeah we're talking about you need to keep listening okay so let's talk about what is the likelihood of actually contracting a parasite in the united states 
or in any well-developed country. Maybe a teeny bit. If you live here yeah. and you do not travel, it is pretty much zero. Yeah. And if, and if you don't travel to like remote areas where like clean water and hygiene and, and people, the, the people that live there do not have access to the hygiene that are maybe preparing their food or anything like that, then you're more likely to contract a actual parasite. Um, it, it, even in that scenario, because the thing is that the TikTokers are blowing it up and saying that it's much more common, like, oh, 80 some percent of people have a parasite. And I'm like, that's, I don't actually know what the statistic is, but I know it's not that high. Cause if that was the case, then in all of the studies that I've done and all of the research that I've done and all of the cohorts that I'm in with other professionals that work within the space and we're doing case studies and we're, this would come up much more frequently from an and anecdotal we would all perspective. That. Yeah. Like in our coaching cohort, we would like, we would see that would have it and we, we would, would talk about that. it and we would share exactly because you guys you have to realize that coaches we don't live in a silo like we're not just like sit, hopefully we're not just like sitting over here by ourselves in our home offices or in the gym like caitlin and i belong to other professional cohorts where collectively there's hundreds of clients thousands potentially where this would be a much more common occurrence and it would be much more talked about if it was happening, actually happening at the rate that TikTok influencers are stating that it's happening. Um, so I encourage you to actually do your research before you do anything like this, because when it comes to an actual diagnosis of a parasite, we're talking stool samples, blood tests. And actually, if you do like a GI map, they test for parasites. Because a GI map tests for fucking everything at this point. Let's be real. Or you can do a scope. And then other answers that'll be super helpful if you do exactly. an actual GI map. Exactly. If you actually do a GI map, then you get a lot of answers. If you have SIBO, you can target whatever bacteria is overgrown. Things like that. Um, and then uh, also, you know, you can tell from x-ray, but the bottom line is for a parasite specifically, you really do need a medical diagnosis and you need a medical treatment for that specific parasite to cure it not a cleanse no you need doctors you need doctors and, and I don't say that often no like, I am I'm not pro doctor I am yeah pro experience and practitioners and education but yes we are we are pro we are pro doctors who listen and work with their clients and their support team because we're both firmly of the camp it takes a village to manage your health like we both support our clients with medical advocacy with their doctors and okay these are the things that we can ask for and if the doctors aren't going to help us find it here's the avenues that we can take to get the answers and this is how we piece it together and then we take it back to your medical team and it's this like kind of revolving door we're always going around in circles because we are not medical providers we understand that there is a time and a place and things that need to be looped in but this is absolutely one of those scenarios where you need to see a medical professional get a formal diagnosis and then get it treated with a targeted support medication to kill that specific parasite because a general cleanse is likely not going to do it. So, um, Caitlin, would you like to talk to us about this phenomenon about how people are talking about they're showing pictures of their poop to everybody because they're passing worms? <laughs> First disclaimer, it's not worms. And if oh. you've ever watched Grey's Anatomy, there's one specific episode that I always think about when I hear parasites and it's the typical scenario where this girl has not been able to gain weight. 
She is consistently losing weight. She has finally started becoming so lightheaded that she can't continue in her day to day because there's something eating inside of her. Yeah. And then eventually it's blood in your stool. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking these pills, you're kind of just scraping out your entire intestinal tract and stomach and pooping out everything. And in your intestinal tract are very important mucus that help with absorption. Those are going to be, so if you think about, Mm -hmm. we've all seen either animal intestines or human intestines, if you've ever taken human anatomy, the inside of your intestinal tract is all of these squiggly lines. So mucus is going to line those. Mm -hmm. What will that look like when it comes out? It's going to look like worms in quotes. Yeah. So all you're doing is you're stripping out. And also I eat a lot of cabbage. And so if I took that cleanse right now, it would probably look like worms because it's undigested food. It's that mucus. It's everything in your intestinal tract. And this is the thing, like worms, especially in humans, don't, they don't grow to like dollar, coin dollar sizes. And that's the one claim that I've been seeing. And it's like, well, that's a red flag already. Like worms don't do that. Like, no. they grow long, they don't, but, like, if you had something that's the shape it. of a, the size of a quarter that was this long in your yeah. intestinal tract, you would have bowel obstruction. You would not yeah. just, like, oh, poop it out. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it, not it makes, how it works. It makes me legitimately scared because the, people's, the people that are doing this and that are following this, it pisses me the fuck off. Because you're an influencer, you have influence. Let's call it what it is. You are potentially setting people up for putting themselves at risk of much more severe medical problems that require much more intense treatment that depending on that individual could potentially be life-threatening. Right. Because you, because, and here's the thing, or, or set them up for contracting some kind of autoimmune disease because we we know with autoimmune disease it's much more common than it used to be i don't know if it's because of testing or if it's because the world has just gone to shit who knows who knows how it's but it's increased like 80 some percent over the last 50 years and it's mostly in women and who the majority of the individuals doing these cleanses are women females okay um biological females at birth at least right for wanting to be inclusive but most of the individuals that are doing this are females um and it and they are also more likely to contract an autoimmune disease by compromising your gut lining your gut health and stripping your intestines of good bacteria and protective mucus you are putting yourself setting yourself up for high levels of intestinal permeability or as we like to call it leaky gut syndrome where essentially now you've created an opening for inflammation to enter your body through the food that you're consuming, the toxins that are within your life, the stress that you have in your life on a day-to-day basis, and people will get sick. People will get sick. And this could impact them. And when I say like life-threatening too, like I'm not just talking like, oh, this is going to kill you. We don't need, we haven't even touched on the mental health aspect of having an autoimmune or chronic illness. Right. Or and the thinking. depression that that can send somebody into. Right. And so we talk about life threatening. We're talking about, you don't even know what the impact of going through some of this stuff is. 
because you don't know what the long-term effects are of this stuff, but we do know for a fact that stripping your body of healthy bacteria and mucus from your intestines is not a good thing. And then the other thing too, is if you're dealing with like stomach cramping, pain, bloating, and you have like white stuff kind of consistently in your stool, even without doing a cleanse, you might need to look at your body's like bile production and ability to absorb and digest fat because undigested fat will look like what quote unquote worms in your stool and mucus and, 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 like, and depending on your fat sources it looks like a whole string of things exactly and so just be very wary about like people that are claiming to do these things because it's very likely not now um it, it, it's i don't know it's just it's just an issue also again if you're and other considerations if you are pooping out stuff that might be mucus in your stool on a regular basis that can sometimes be associated with things like Crohn's or irritable bowel disease, which are both autoimmune diseases of the intestinal system or the digestive system, um, different parts of the digestive system, but they are diseases of the, uh, where your body's basically attacking your bowels and you already have some of these things you might need to be looking at. Do I have a parasite or do I need to go through the process of seeing what maybe is actually going on through like a medical diagnosis? Because if you have an autoimmune disease, you do need a medical diagnosis for that. Like there's tests that will show what is going on and there's steps that you have to go through in order to rule things out and rule things in. So again, doing a cleanse without an actual diagnosis, you're disrupting your gut microbiome. Okay. Get rid of the good stuff and the bad stuff. You're stripping your body of intestinal mucus and, and the stuff that protects you and helps you digest food and nutrients, putting yourself at higher risk for developing chronic inflammation and therefore disease. Um, and it's only going to create temporary relief. And the more you do it, the more you continue to add fuel to the fire. Hell yeah. And, and well, then there's, the, there's the fear mongering that goes along with it. And I know that you teach this too and coach this as well, but like we talk about stomach pain and yeah. it's like, cool, where's your stomach hurting? Yeah. Because if you're having a gallbladder attack and you're not able to actually absorb that fat, it's going to hurt up into your gallbladder. Yeah. And instead people have this blanket statement of, oh, if you have abdominal pain yeah. and it's like, fuck, that could be cramps. That That's could be upset stomach just from like normal day-to-day stuff that can be stress that can be gallbladder that can be liver and obviously more things go into that than just diet and exercise but like it's that fear of like oh yeah if you're bloated and have stomach pain like take this cleanse and you you probably have a parasite and it's like I know honey no (laughs) no 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 I remember Like, like being in the ER like with abdominal pain right when I was like 19 and it turns out I had mono and my spleen was swollen. Right. <laughs> that had nothing to do with digestion or a parasite. That was mono, baby. That was my spleen going on overload. And I remember like being so worried. Like I literally didn't work out for like three months because the pain was so severe and I didn't want my spleen to burst because I had mono for like five months. Like I was really sick. It was really shitty, but that was mono. <laughs> that was not... Or when I was, you know, going through the height of my Hashimoto's diagnosis and I was again in the hospital with abdominal pain, a different kind of abdominal pain. And then it turns out that I did have Hashimoto's and I stopped eating gluten and lo and behold, the stabbing pains in my stomach stopped. Like, (laughs) oh, we're not inflamed anymore. It doesn't hurt to like digest food every time you eat. Cool. We'll stop pissing you off. Thanks. 
And if you threw a pill at that, it might have gotten way worse. And oh, fortunately, God. we don't know. But at that time, you said you were 19. Like, that's yeah. when I had most of my eating disorders. Yeah. And if I would have heard of a magic pill that all of a sudden I would feel better, I probably would have taken it because I was also doing fat burners and stupid tea cleanses and anything to get my bloating under control. Yeah. And now looking at it, it's like, oh, you were, you were binging. That's what that was. Yeah, cool. that's what it was. Oh, so you have heartburn, maybe because you're making yourself vomit three times a week. Oh, you have a stomach ache? Maybe it's because you're taking Vicodin instead of alcohol because you don't want the calories. Like, right. shit, we both did, you guys. <laughs> like, well, I was the one abusing prescription painkillers. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's... I never did that, but I, I was the queen of restriction. And yeah. so, but also I... like on the other end of that, in my healthiest, this was six months ago, I was having chronic stomach pain, yeah. bloating, distension, and heartburn. Turns out 3,000 calories was too much food for me. Yeah. But what did I do? I asked Taylor. I asked someone right. for help. And I said, this isn't working. I don't feel right. Yeah. Because, and this is like, probably for you and me, like we hire coaches because I can't look at myself and say, oh man, well, I probably have X, Y, and Z because I have X, Y, and Z symptom. And it's like, oh my God, I'm dying. So and sometimes I feel like a hypochondriac because I have so much information inside me Yeah. that it's like, oh, well, what if I had this? Well, what if I had this? Instead of just like getting someone else who knows better. Do you ever feel like you know too much sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. I was having a conversation with somebody and I was like, I wish I didn't know the things that I did because now I analyze everything within my body because of the things that I know. And in hindsight, I'm really glad I know the things that I know because I don't have to guess, but I also know I have the resources and support to help rein me in if I start to feel overwhelmed by looking at it all, because it is overwhelming looking at it all. And just to give you guys some examples, um, it, I've got clients that have They've got like the same set of digestive symptoms. They've got loose stool. They have heartburn, right? And they deal with bloating. And they've all been from different reasons. There's been different root causes. Whenever somebody has like a similar set of symptoms to somebody else, it's likely a different root cause that's causing it. And once you start to kind of like how the body works is there's essentially like a hierarchy of your systems within your body. Um, and digestive health is very high at the top of that. So like, I would say for me, it's like digestive health, stress, sleep, adrenals is like the top tier of things that I would tackle first with an individual, because that will have a domino effect on your thyroid health, on your reproductive health, on your, um, you know, athletic performance, on your mental health, things like that. Right. Would you agree more oh, or yeah. less? Yeah. So that's kind of the hierarchy that I take when I'm looking at somebody's like sort of systems, how are we working through all this stuff? And we try to address sort of like the digestive and stress piece of it first, because that will be like the domino that will help knock other shit into place down the road. But it's very rarely like, Hey, you have all these things going on. Let me put you on these six different supplements. Ever, ever, maybe depending on the person in the individual situation, it's appropriate to bring in like 
different nutrients. So like specifically, if somebody's like on birth control and they've been dealing with like high levels of PMS, I'm going to look at their magnesium intake. I'm going to look at their um, vitamin D intake. I'm going to look at their zinc and um, just their o and B vitamins and B vitamins. And those are, and, but those, again, those are not like a cleanse. Those are literal, literal nutrients that your body needs. <laughs> and they're likely not getting enough of those things. And that's a much and different thing that, going right. And that's also a different story than, Hey, you're dealing with some excessive heartburn and some bloating, and we've put some behaviors in place, but it's been going on long enough that I want to see if we can get you some immediate relief. I'm not putting them on some weird cleanse. I'm saying, Hey, let's introduce some digestive enzymes and beating HCL, which is hydrochloric acid, things your body already produces, but they're likely not producing enough in this sort of suppressed state that their digestive system is in. That's a much different story than I'm going to give you all this shit that's going to clean out your liver or your intestines or whatever. Like we're trying to get your digestion functioning better. And that's the difference between functional supplementation and like flashy supplementation. Very different story. And if those aren't, right. And if maybe that's not what's going on, magnesium is not going to hurt like I take magnesium every night and right. I take vitamin D because I live in a place where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> like the things that we recommend for our clients at the same time as getting testing, right? it's more than likely either going to do like, it's going to help or it's not going to change anything Correct. because that's not the problem. Correct. And then from there, we can move on to the next step. And ultimately- right. For some people, there's going to be more like severe channels of testing and supplements yeah. and medications. But what we do is not going to destroy what's already going on. Correct. And that's the difference between following an influencer and actually hiring a coach and investing in support in somebody who can be a part of your team so that you stop feeling like ass all day long. Like let's, okay. So that's, that, that's one of the most recent trends that we, we just like, you should see our tech message thread. And finally I was like, Caitlin, do you want to do podcast? A lot on of this? yelling at each other. There was a lot of yelling <laughs> at each other, like in outrage, like the absolute, like just, ah, why are people like this? And it's, and again, I don't blame anybody, anybody who does these cleanses. I'm not talking shit at you because chances are you didn't know better or you don't know better. And maybe you're learning to do better. I just hope that like you catch this information before it continues on and you can start to sort of reverse that process and actually get to the root of your issues because you deserve more than continuously throwing money at shit that is actually making your health worse in the long term. It, yeah. And that's, that's just the bottom line. And again, so if you really have high level issues going on, like if you've been having gut issues for a long time, like months or years, it's going to take more than like a two week cleanse to fix it. It's going to take months or years <laughs> potentially <laughs> to fix what's going on. And it might mean multiple phases of a journey to get to the end goal. It's not a one and done situation. And that's, that's the other thing that, you know, there's this, we want this instant gratification. Um, and again, like 
I'll give another client example. I've got a client Shelby and I'm going to start bringing some of my clients on the podcast. I'm super excited. Um, just okay. to, yeah, I'm really excited because they have such interesting lives and journeys. And I think that, you know, I can talk at people all day long, but at the end of the day, hearing other people going through it, it helps. Right. Um, and, she, and they're not coaches. They're and they're not people. Exactly. They're not coaches. They're regular people. Um, well, a couple of my clients are coaches, but that that's beside the point. Um, it, which yeah. is always super fun coaching another fitness professional, but anyway, I digress. Um, squirrel. Okay. Um, it is she ended up, we found out very kind of like four months into working together. There were some things that weren't moving. And then I was like, will you send me, you know, maybe we should get some labs done. And she was like, you know what? I had some labs done. Let me send you my most recent one. So we can see like what we need to kind of check. And I was like, cool. Saw her labs, saw her thyroid antibodies. And I was like, homegirl, do you, do you have Hashimoto's? And she was like, I don't know. Let me call my doctor and ask her doctor was like, oh yeah, you have this never actually told her about her diagnosis. Right. I talk about her. I've talked about this. All, I know. Then we're like, okay, cool. Now we really figure Now we know what we need to work on. We need to fix your thyroid levels, lower your antibodies, lower your inflammation and address your cholesterol and your blood glucose. We did all of that. Took us nine months of really focused work to get those levels healthy. Her blood work now is sexy as fuck. Let me tell you. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But now that it took us until that point before I even let her attempt going into a calorie deficit. Right. It, you need food to help you through all this. Exactly. And so when I talk about it took nine months to get her to a point where her body was healthy enough to take on the stress of a calorie deficit, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about, you guys. It doesn't take three weeks. It takes sometimes months. And, and so again, just keep keep with a grain of salt. Okay. So on to the next thing, Caitlin, when we were before the podcast, we were like, what are, what, are, what, what else are we talking about today? And you brought up some really hit us with it. Hit us with the new shit that just came out on the interwebs. So it's not, it's not new. This list has actually been coming out for many years. Correct. And this is actually something that I fought the NTP, so NTA, uh, Nutritional Therapy Association, mm -hmm. I actually emailed the board of it and said, we have to stop teaching this because yeah. this new list that we've seen in the past two days come out, they come out with it every January, dietitians and nutritional people everywhere, like it's the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Yeah. And the headline this year is, are lucky charms healthier than meat? <laughs> and, you know, people... <laughs> a little harsh but people with brains will see and i'm not talking shit on lucky charms i actually really like them they're gluten-free and they make me happy you guys right however they are not more nutrient dense no. than steak but where is money and that's usually always my first question is Where's where is money, money? Yeah. and it's in kellogg's yeah not in your local meat farmer no rancher yeah you ranch meat you don't farm meat correct but this list they come out and it's all green and yellow so green are things that and that's also like a whole other topic for like I hate when I think weight weight watchers and one other stupid thing does it but it like for green foods you can eat however however much you want and then yellow foods you eat in moderation and then red foods you try to limit yeah the amount of which like you and I both are everything in moderation because we've everything been on vacation together we have protein shakes and 
single identifying meals of steak, broccoli, and brown rice. And then we also have donuts and ice cream because where we go is cool. (laughs) And burgers. And burgers. Baby stacks? Yeah. But like... (laughs) I love those pancakes. They're so good. (laughs) It's just really good, you guys. They were just as delicious. But again, on the side of our pancakes was um, an omelet. Egg white omelet. Egg white omelet with chicken, greens. Mushrooms, spinach, and garlic. Yeah, exactly. But that's where balance. And so if you were to hand someone who has zero education this list of foods and say, have at it, this year would be primarily carbs. Uh-huh. And then somehow the proteins ended up on the bottom, even vegetarian options for protein. Yeah. And hey, orthorexia knocking. <laughs> Which by the way, me. that's what is, I had. Is like a hyper focus <laughs> on eating like clean foods or healthy foods or it, but it's essentially a focus on yeah. eating as healthy as possible in an unhealthy way. And then if you can't find those healthy foods, yeah. you shut down. Exactly. And it's more, I, I like to think of it as more, and this is for me personally, anyone else dealing with it is their own experience, but like mine had to be like organic cooked, not in oil, like yeah. steamed and then on a plate completely separate or else I could not function. Yeah. And then on the weekends, my ex or my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time would make an entire tray of brownies and cookies and I would eat all of it. Yeah. because I wasn't able to have those things during the week and so on the weekends I would binge yeah because that's fun it's a great time so yeah okay so so we get to this like red yellow green and companies like Weight Watchers I don't I don't I, don't, I know which other company you're t- is, is it Noom or is it Noom might be um it's the one that does containers oh Beachbody Yes. It's the beach body. I talked about the containers on my story the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, your tiny little containers are not going to fix your problems. <laughs> your tiny little containers are not going to fix the fact that you haven't shat in three days. And then when you finally do take a shit, it's like Niagara Falls. And then you have to clean the toilet because you get the backsplash. <laughs> yeah. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. We do. We you know what do. I'm talking about. Or when you eat too many greens and you shit the greens out because you cannot digest that food. But anyway, um, yeah. So the tiny, the tiny containers and the colors is it goes back to this concept of assigning like morality to food. And we talk about like food and food quality and, um, you guys know, maybe, you know, I don't know. And uh, Caitlin, I know you have a unique approach to this too, or a similar approach to this is that like, when I start working with somebody, we're, we're really the majority of my clients. I I don't consider myself like a weight loss coach. I do have clients who have goals to lose weight, but it's usually the, the focus is a lifestyle shift in order to live within a body that you feel good about. And whether that weight loss is included in the picture is completely up to you, but I will always walk people back. If we start to hyper-focus on weight, we will start to shift the narrative because that can go down a bad rabbit hole if you let it anyway beside the point um is i always sort of focus to food quality and food choice before calories is is always my take because at the end of the day that one's gonna matter more than how many calories you're consuming from a health standpoint is is your food quality there now we get to this clean 15 and then the dirty dozen 
and it takes the concept of food quality and it narrows the scope of what people can look at. So now we have even more rules that has been giving, being given to the general public about what is good and what is bad. And then it also is like, what is bad? And all of a sudden it gives you this list of fruits. Yeah. Like fruit is bad. What? <laughs> and that actually stemmed from pesticide usage. Correct. And so like, I understand at some point, like I live in Montana in the winter and I still eat strawberries. We do not have strawberries anywhere in the state of Montana this time right. of year. So they have to be shipped from pretty much Southern California is where we mm-hmm. get our stuff, which is not bad, but you have to, like, I grow strawberries in my garden in the summertime and those strawberries, if I don't eat them quickly, they are this big, like maybe the size of a nickel and they last, if I do not touch them, they last maybe three days, three to five days. If I put them in the fridge, they'll last longer, but not, they start to wilt and get sad as they should. But this is why also for some of my clients, if you're looking for a cheaper way to get fruit is frozen. Yeah. Because they immediately freeze it and then they ship it elsewhere frozen and it stays frozen. And even if it does get a little bit warm and freezes again, it's not going to do anything. And then you don't have to deal with the pesticide usage. And so you can bypass that and it's usually cheaper. Right. But it like, there are all these rules that go into it. And the only reason I know that is because of the licensing that I have. Right. Because they don't just come out and say that in the articles that are shared on social media. No. You have to go to their website of the Clean 15 and see why they did it that year. Yeah. And, and let's going to do that. Exactly. And, and let's talk about, again, coming back to the concept of a hierarchy in the hierarchy of managing your health. If you're struggling, where on the totem pole is worrying about pesticides and toxins going to fall? Not quite the bottom, but in the bottom. It's, it's not, it's not the first thing that you should be worried about. And to be completely frank, a lot of the people that are like hyper-focusing on your food and you need to buy organic and you need to do X, Y, Z. And I'm not saying that because you guys know, like I like talking about like low tox living because for me as an individual with my health stuff, I am more sensitive and susceptible to those things because of the shit that's already gone on with my body. That That's just something I have to be aware of and I like to educate. But I always say with all of that stuff, everything's going to fucking kill you. And this is like the sprinkles on top of the frosting on the cupcake. It's not the cupcake, right? So focusing on like toxins and and pesticides and herbicides and things like that is likely not going to be your initial focus with your health. It's, it's likely the people again, that are hyper-focused on this stuff. You're probably over abusing caffeine. You're probably stressed as fuck. You're probably not sleeping well. And, but this is a very easy out to blame all your shit on because it's easier Mm -hmm. to blame something else than turn a focus to what are the behaviors of my life that are actually dysregulating my body. Nobody wants to look at their shit because you want to know what your shit stinks. You want, you want to have to analyze why you can't just do nothing. Oh, that shit's scary. I'm dealing with that right now. Like, why do I either have to be working, reading, crocheting, journaling, um, cleaning, going and running errands? Why can't I just sit? 
oh my God, that's terrifying. I like my heart just skipped a beat, right? That's terrifying. So it's just one of those things that nobody wants to turn and focus to the actual behaviors. Within your, and again, that's another level. We're going to, that's a whole ADHD and anxiety <laughs> thing that we need to talk about on another day. But again, but is your sleep good? Are you hydrating? How much fiber are you eating? How's your stress management? How much caffeine do you consume on a daily basis? Those are the things you need to look at first. Did you go for a fucking walk today? Or did you sit like a lump on your couch? I don't know. But your fucking pesticides are going to kill you. It's the pesticides. I promise. <laughs> I also do like your low tox, your low tox approach to everything. Yeah. It's mainly makeup. Yeah. Well, and to, I mean, you don't well, really talk about it in your food. Like yeah. it's makeup and the things that are more external that are. It's yeah. You it's your food it's, into, it's the coffee lid. It's yeah. Yeah. It's the coffee lid. It's the makeup. It's the cleaning supplies. It's the, we're switching from like plastic containers to glass. I'm looking at getting um, ceramic versus our non-stick, which I'm still fighting Zach on that. He's like, our last non, our last uh, ceramic pants sucked. I'm like, yeah. Cause they were the cheap ones from Ross. That's why just let me buy right. my pants and live my life. Okay. But I, he likes the pants. So I'm like, okay, we'll talk about this another day, but we also have more cast iron now too, than we used to, which is also better, which is also good. So I'm like, maybe we can find a happy medium in our household. It's also the fact that we literally like kill and source 90% of our protein ourselves. Right. Like you want to talk for, you want to talk grass gotten a parasite from it. Right. And I've never gotten a parasite from the meat that we have hunted or fished. You want to talk about grass fed organic? It was literally eating grass when I shot it. So <laughs> I don't know about you. I know exactly where it lived. I know exactly where it died. <laughs> I know exactly what it was eating. You want to know why? Cause I cut, we cut the damn thing open ourselves. Like we did not cut open the stomach though. You don't want to do that, but just no, that contaminates everything. And that's oh, like, yeah, like the hunting hygiene of it all. Like I, I don't, I don't have it in me to kill an animal yet. I might, I could do it if I needed to, but I also don't have the skill set either. Yeah. If we, if I get it, if I get an antelope tag for Wyoming this year, you're coming with us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll have to drive up from the Tahoe area, but yeah. But yeah, it's the like, and in Wyoming, they have special rules in place to limit the amount of possibly contaminated and I looked it up before caller while we were talking about it and so you can get in Wyoming you have to leave the entire it's a spinal column it's yeah it's a spinal column that you have to leave yeah because that can possibly have chronic or it can lead to chronic wasting disease Mm -hmm. which is a it's a neurological disorder yeah and mm mm-hmm and then it can be kind of life-threatening if it gets into us. Right. But in Wyoming right now, those cases are few and far between. Right. It was like less, it was maybe like one or less than 1% of deer actually had it this year. Yeah. And what's funny is that, well, not what's funny, is we actually, Zach had a hunt in Wyoming at one point. And so we we dealt with this specifically because um, he uh, he shot his buck and he actually dropped it in Cheyenne for um the trophy to get it mounted because he wanted to get mounted his beautiful back he's in our living room right now he's also delicious um (laughs) he dropped it because he didn't want to risk taking the skull across state lines even though technically it was legal um he had all the meat and he um 
he and you can't actually leave the spinal column you have to like discard of the spinal column i think it is um and you cannot bring it across state lines if you if you do or you're caught with it they can confiscate your entire animal plus you can get fined very very heavily um if you bring an animal across state lines with those parts that you have to like discard but he took it to the taxidermist and he got rid of everything and then brought the rest of the meat home um and again did that deer have chronic wasting disease we don't know we pro probably not because you can tell usually when those animals are sick um and if they are sick they usually get like a like a humane um tag to get put down anyway because they're gonna die because they can't feed themselves um and so it's more humane to just kill them than it is to let them waste away literally <laughs> um because it, it affects their ability to like walk and like drink and stuff like that so um uh so yeah, we actually, we actually dealt with that and where he was just like left everything there and just brought the meat back. Um, but yeah, but there's very heavily managed. And so we talk about, are you going to get a parasite or disease from the meat that you're consuming? Very likely not. Very likely not. Like we literally, all of our fish is caught out of lakes, rivers, and streams that we consume in our household or the ocean, depending on if there was a Mexico trip or something like that. And never once have we had an issue with the quality of the food. It, but again, parasites, pesticides, herbicides, toxins are all very easy buzzword topics for people to blame their problems on. Yeah. And that's usually not where you need to start looking. No. It's much simpler than that. Just look at your plate first. Nobody wants to your hear Your day-to-day choices. Yeah. And maybe That's get funny. a little bit more. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I said, and maybe get a little bit more sleep. Yeah, maybe get a little bit more sleep. Sleep is great. Um, I was working with a client and um, specifically she came to me because one, she's just gained a lot of weight over the last couple of years, like just since the pandemic and stress and um, whatever. And then um, she came to me, she specifically has a lot of issues with like her gut health and it's like, cool. So we're working on food choice, food habits, meal prep, a little more exercise, a little more stress management. And she's like, when do we start looking at my gut health? I'm like, we are, we are because it's all of this, it's just not called that. All of this stuff has to be managed before we can take a deeper dive into whatever. And we did put her on like some vitamins. We put her on some like um, liposomal vitamins, the, which is going to be like absorbed. It's they're sublingual liposomal. So they're fat soluble, but they're also, um, they're going to be absorbed under the tongue because her digestion is so compromised that I'm like, I can't give you like a swallow vitamin, you're not going to get any of that nutrient benefit from that. It's not going to be worth it. So we put, do a sublingual vitamin to improve the absorption of those nutrients into her body to help support just basic health needs, right? Again, we're talking like vitamin C, vitamin E, um, for like just antioxidant benefits, um, vitamin D, magnesium, by the way, if you guys are taking vitamin D and you're not also taking magnesium and zinc, do yourself a salad. You literally need magnesium and zinc in order to absorb vitamin D. Just FYI, <laughs> in case yes, anybody didn't a know that. And new one with potassium in it too. Yes. And one with potassium in it is also great because that electrolyte balance is also really, really beneficial. Um, by the way, I just started drinking those like element little packets. So good. I love them during a workout. They're great. Um, mm -hmm. 
they're so good for like an intra workout because that's just good giving you so many nutrients from that. Anyway. Okay. Side note, but again, we're talking about basics is always going to be the best. The basics are the best and it doesn't have anything to do with your clean 15, your dirty dozen. Now there are individuals. Would you agree with the statement, Caitlin? There are individuals that are more sensitive to food and environmental toxins. Oh yeah. How often do you come across those people? Not really. It's not that common. Yeah. It's not that common. Usually it's individuals who have like multiple chronic or autoimmune diagnoses and are already dealing with like long-term high levels of inflammation. And their body is used to drink a lot. And now that she doesn't like, but that, like that structure was already damaged. Yes. And then she tried to put a bandaid on it and it's like, oh, this is, this, that's why it's not working. Oh, we didn't even talk about alcohol consumption. That's a whole other topic for <laughs> We could do a whole thing on that too. Yeah. Basically, um, if you're drinking multiple times a week and you're wondering why you feel like ass, <laughs> maybe that's maybe, it. And that's, I like to, well, end- go ahead. Oh, that I said, that's why it's one of my first questions that I ask my clients Yeah, is what are you drinking? And then if they say water and it's like, cool, do you have alcohol? And they're like, oh yeah, I have wine with dinner, like every other night. And it's like, and you didn't think that that was drinking yeah. <laughs> anything? Uh, yeah, but that's a whole other. <laughs> well, that's because society has normalized regular alcohol consumption. And I'm like, it's not normal to constantly put your body through this and like shut down processes within your body so it can manage the alcohol that you consumed. <laughs> like that's not normal. <laughs> Shutting mm. down certain pathways in your body to manage the alcohol is not a normal way to live. That doesn't no. mean never drink ever, but it just means it, again, it's one of those things where if you have to look at your emotional attachment to certain rituals and behaviors surrounding food and drink, that's very uncomfortable. It's just easier to keep drinking and then take a pill and hope that it fixes the problem. Again, sticking a band-aid on a bleeding wound that needs stitches like when I've lost so many friends since I stopped drinking and I didn't yeah. like the most I would have was really in Dallas when we were together and it's like I had three drinks in one night and that was the most I have had probably in a year yeah and then that was it and then it was done but the amount of people that I tell here like I stopped getting invited places mm-hmm. and no one wants that no one wants to like be the party pooper and it's like I'm perfectly happy being on my couch and with my dog and ultimately finding people like you if we lived closer together that like I know damn it but some people don't care and that's great but yeah that's another part that people don't want to look at and they don't want to lose that social side no they don't and granted if you start minimizing your alcohol consumption and your friends drop you they weren't your friends to begin with I just want to just put that out there and if they give you a hard time they're likely not your friends because they're more concerned with you making them comfortable than they are with you doing things that make you feel good at the end of the day and that's a red flag 
red flag as fuck. Um, but yeah, that's definitely wow. Alcohol consumption. Um, it one one tip that I like to give for if you are dealing with like you know you drink a little bit too much just socially, I like instead of like telling people to go cold turkey, I tell people to track their alcohol free days. So mm-hmm. I didn't have alcohol this many days a week. And then you fo- see, see where you land. And then you kind of start to slowly decrease. Okay, cool. I had alcohol five nights this week. Um, next week, I'm going to aim for having it four nights and then see how that feels. And then slowly taper it back. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't need it. And if I have it, it's because I want it, not because I feel like I have to have it. Right. And there's a big difference between that. It's making a choice for yourself rather than feeling like you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. And that this is similar. It's a similar concept to like with dealing with food freedom. Now we talk about, okay, clean 15, dirty dozen, and kind of how maybe that's not the focus. But if you do want to try to source like higher quality fruits and vegetables, there's a lot of options out there. You can buy organic at the grocery store if you really want to. That's totally fine. Most even like just like Kroger always has, Kroger even has like an organic section. Now, every single grocery store nowadays has an organic section, but um, there's also farmer's markets, right? Um, and be wary of what you're buying at the farmer's markets. <laughs> you want to tell the sprout story? I have a friend who has a roommate. <laughs> Who likes to sell sprouts at the farmer's market? And he grows those sprouts in his bathroom. And, you know, I want to think the best of people, but that's not how you do that. And the problem with growing sprouts is they grow really fast. Yeah. And so that is why it's a really easy thing to have. But, like, put it in your living room. Don't, Don't put it in the bathroom. So, like, when you're going to farmers markets or working with um csas and getting those communal uh the communal um the big box baskets and boxes you know you want to support local but you also want to stay healthy and happy and so choose reputable sources research businesses yeah, go to the stand that actually has the massive logo that has, yeah, you know, four or five people working there too that are just focusing. And where I used to live in Chico, California, and we would have an amazing farmers market all year long because it's in the Central Valley of California. Yeah, and they would always have like two or three people kind of watching the food in the back of their massive truck, and then they would have like the daughters of the farmers in front selling all the things. Yeah. And they never left the front and those guys never left the back. And part of that is also security. So no one fucks with what's in the truck. Correct. Because um, so much can happen. Yeah. That's and most farmers, even- that's not, yeah. The, the, and most farmers markets have like websites where you can see like the vendors and their businesses. And um, you, you can actually verify that like, okay, this is a real farm. This is like a mm-hmm. legit business. They have the correct licensing and health standards and things like that. So I know that my food is coming from a reputable source. And so do your research. Um, CSAs are a really great way to get a lot of vegetables and fruits that are like locally grown as well as um, uh, it's seasonal 
um, CSA is a community supported agriculture and it's basically like you pay like a certain amount and then everybody gets like the, a big box of like whatever the farm has that like week or that month or something like that. We used to do this when I was first teaching because when I was first teaching, I literally had like a $35 a week grocery budget, but I could go to, I know, I know. Well, I made like $20,000 a year and lived by right. myself. So it was ridiculous. And then I did end up moving in with a roommate, which saved me some money, but I still was making shit money. Um, <laughs> I remember I was so excited when I switched to Cirque and I was making $32,000 a year. I was like, I got a raise. I'm rich. I'm like, no bitch. You weren't like, don't even start with me. Um, no, bitch. <laughs> no bitch. It was also, again, the life is very different now. Right. It's like, um, I thought I made it in life when I made 50 K a month or 50 K a year, sorry, not a month, 50 K a year. And now it's like 80 K is the new 50 K with like inflation, which is wild. Again, that's a whole nother conversation. But again, we're talking about reasonable ways to source food. I would split with friends, a CSA box. And it was like $10 for like 30 pounds of produce. Right. And you can't eat that all. Like I have you a two family household. Yeah, and a two-person household, and he doesn't eat vegetables. And so, in the summertime, when it's primarily like those seasonal root veggies, like I would eat it by myself, and then they'd go bad. So I, yeah, same thing. I would share with friends, and we'd pick and choose. And sometimes, like I can't eat peppers because I'm allergic, and so I would give those to other people, and it works out. But yeah, that's a great way, and they're really inexpensive they are really inexpensive so if you like you're a big family or you are on a budget and you're trying to source um quality food for um, a, a, like a more affordable price other options to look into also is can you save up and like buy a cow or a half a cow or split a part of an animal with somebody from a farm by mm -hmm. you um or in an area that will come to and sell to you because that's usually going to be cheaper. That's like buying in bulk, basically. Um, to reference it, like we take down um, an elk. An elk is like an 800 pound animal. We yield like 400 some pounds of meat, 300, 400 pounds of meat. That meat will last us two plus years. I'm just saying. So when you think about like buying a portion of a cow, how, how much do cows weigh? A lot more than elk? You're getting a lot more oh, meat? Yeah. And it's get, different, yeah. It's totally different. And then you're getting multiple different cuts. The quality is really good. And then you can sort, you can, again, if you can save up and split it with another household, you're saving money in the long term. If that's really your aim, to, it's more sustainable. You're supporting a small business and the quality of the meat, you're going to know exactly where that cow came from, where that cow lived, where those, you know, you know more about the source of your food. And then you can be sure, like, okay, the things that I'm eating really are beneficial, but there are ways to do it that can save you money in the long run. So, like, for example, I just looked up CSAs near me. Okay, I'm back to this concept. Um, a CSA is going to have, um, you can, it's like $17 a week. Um, no. Yeah, $17 a week. Eating seasonally from like a local farm in Arizona. If you want a big box, it's $26 and you can do weekly or biweekly. So if you have like a two-person household, you could get like a biweekly box for $17 and that's probably going to be enough vegetables then, then you can supplement with whatever frozen stuff you have. Cause I feel like it's always good to have a variety, like a little bit of fresh, a little bit of frozen because inevitably not everybody's going to eat everything in time. 
Or mm-hmm. can you learn how to freeze some of the produce that you're getting from the farmer's market or the CSA or, or whatever? Um, and so, but that was really easy to find. I literally just looked it up and it's like in my area. And so most areas will have this in a way where you can pick it up either every week or every other week, or even sometimes once a month. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's just, there, there are things to look into. If you're really, truly concerned about the quality of your food, like you don't want shit on it, um, then support small. And that's actually sometimes even a more sustainable, more affordable way because the, the growth, I mean, eggs right now, really? How expensive are <laughs> eggs right now? It's ridiculous. Disgusting. I can, I can There's still a go person to the- that my brings in her eggs and she'll leave like four cartons. And so all the coaches just take one. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I can still get, um, at the farmer's market, I can still get like a dozen eggs. They were always more expensive at the farmer's market, but the price mm-hmm. hasn't really gone up. It's still like $7 for like, travel. exactly. It's $7 for a dozen eggs. They're Which also is that, fresh. That's what it is. They're right. farm fresh. Like that's a big difference versus, you know what I mean? And let me tell you guys, if you haven't had fresh eggs before, oh, you're missing out. They're so good. They're so and good. Just to, just to touch on the other side, you know, to be a little bit more inclusive, yeah. you and I are very fortunate to live in like Montana is a very rural place. We don't even have a million people. Well, maybe it changed now, but I don't think we have a million people in our state. And so I can drive five minutes away and go get meat from a ranch. You live in Arizona where it's a little different. However, you still have ranches and farms locally to you. There are people who don't do that or don't have that option. And one thing, so when I was in my undergrad, I was taking nutrition classes. And one of the projects was to live a week on $4 a day and try to make decent choices but also like you had to stay under that budget. And while my, like I was 22, college was a weird time, 23. Um, I white, like I chose to get white bread and tortillas, which were discounted and on sale. But then on the meats, if you go, I tried to go to Walmart because I tried to make it like Anywhere where I thought of, there's a bus stop next to a Walmart. So in case I didn't have a car, I would go there, buy all the food, and then go back. So I did one one stop at a place that had reasonable prices. Mm-hmm. But Walmart still has discounted meat, just like our regular grocery stores. And so you can get, I got like a couple steaks for $2. And they were probably this big, so I would have like half of one one day half of and it would last me a long time right and it's amazing what four dollars a day will actually get you when you think about it and plan and take time because it was still meat eggs I would just have to buy the the styrofoam container I would have to buy the discounted meats but there were still options correct and so just because you have a really low budget does not mean you have to sacrifice or make those sacrifices and think that oh my god I'm never going to be able to eat healthy or nutri like nutrient dense is what I like to call it but there are always those options there yeah and there's always two like looking at different cuts of meat like chicken tenderloins and chicken thighs versus like chicken breast right so we look at like skin on and skin off skin on versus skin off like again I had a 35 dollar a week grocery budget as a teacher when I was first teaching. And that was like me planning everything out 
to, I knew exactly what I was buying and exactly how many meals I was getting out of certain things. So I would get stuff for smoothies and I knew exactly how much of this bag of mixed fruit I could put in each smoothie to last me for the next like two weeks. Cause I would like stretch it. I knew I needed exactly this many bananas. I knew I needed exactly this many pounds of chicken to make like or this many pounds of meat to make like two meals um, a day to take with me to school. So there's definitely ways to still eat healthy, even if you are on like a very low budget. Um, and you, it got, again, it comes down to this where it does take planning. It does take effort. And again, this, this circles back to people want to, you need to look inward. Why aren't you taking the time to learn to do these things? If you truly have these issues, you need to look at yourself and go, why am I avoiding learning this task? Why am I avoiding looking at this behavior? Um, and is it really somebody else's fault or do I just need to, I'm sorry, but yeah, work a little bit harder, be a little bit more reflective, be more intentional because when it comes down to it, managing your health takes planning and intention. Cause yeah, you can manage it, but you also have to maintain it and you cannot fall back into old behaviors to maintain a health status. You have to work to maintain it. It doesn't just happen by accident. Just because you fixed your shit doesn't mean you can go back to whatever you were doing before. You have to be intentional about it moving forward. And that's a non-negotiable. And that's a huge skill. That's like one of the first skills that I work on with a lot of my clients is we need to work on the skills. What does meal planning and preparation look like for you in your life? Because you're going to have to master this. It's not a negotiation. You can't, it's not an option. It isn't. And that's going to come down to every time. Are you planning ahead? And so again, if there's ways to get these things, even if you're on a low budget, regardless of your budget though, you have to plan to some degree and be intentional Mm -hmm. about it. So that's, that's a good conversation on food sourcing and different ways to be creative and, um, options if you're, but again, at the end of the day, back to basics, did you sleep? (laughs) How's your stress management? How much five cups of coffee? (laughs) Your five cups of coffee are probably not helping your stomach, Karen. Like, let's be real. Um, So yeah, it's just one of those things where we see this crazy shit online. And while influencers do make our lives difficult, it does provide us an opportunity to speak on our much smaller platforms. But hey, if this message reaches, what, one person? Even though we don't reach more than one. But like, if it helps people start to make changes then it's worth it. Even if we don't have like a million followers. <laughs> yeah. Still so. gets to people and our clients listen and then they tell their friends and it's just trying to make, trying to make yeah. Trying to turn these ripples into waves so that people can learn and continue to move forward in their own journey, because it's important. People deserve to feel good in their lives. And you don't realize how good you'll feel. Mm-hmm. until you take those first steps yeah it's addicting it really is once you're like oh, i don't have to live like that anymore you're like oh shit so many possibilities Never going back to that yeah yeah i don't want to go back to that that sucked um so yeah all right anything else um you feel we need to add because i feel like we talked all about a lot of things we touched on a lot yeah no go, go back to basics more than likely your things aren't super complicated and if they are please ask for help 
exactly exactly we're here there are people that you can trust and you know it might not be one of us you might have someone else that you've been like kind of eyeing on coaching when you get on that call with them or if you're in their dms like ask them questions ask them these types of questions like what does being your client look like and i am very honest that it is a fast process we do Mm -hmm. very basic things that you might already know but aren't implementing and then we progress. Correct. Yeah. I tell people the same thing. And I always tell people too, it's like, if you're on the fence, tell me, and I will, I will tell one of my clients to DM you in a separate conversation away from me. So you can pick their brain about what it's like actually working with me. Is your stuff going to look the same as theirs? No, no. I, no one's <laughs> I just love it. Again, I, I get, I was complaining, you guys, I'm laughing because I'm complaining because like, there's not like as basic as some of this stuff is because I do work with slight, you know, more complicated cases and on purpose, I, I purposefully market and reach those people because I was that person. And that is who I want to work with and want to help. I want to take on the hardship. I want you guys to challenge me because I want you to get better. And I know what it's like to be alone on the journey, but it's funny because like, I literally will get like people now in my DMS um, and they'll be like, So what's the best way to come up birth control? I'm like, I, that's too broad of an answer. I cannot tell you that because even though I've taken multiple people off of birth control and supported them in that process, it looked different for every person. Were there some things in common? Yes. But was it different for every person? Also, yes. So it's just like, is your shit going to look the same? No. And it really shouldn't like, you shouldn't be doing a cookie cutter X, Y, Z with anything. And, but Caitlin and I will always tell people and always come back to regardless of what the execution and what the strategy looks like is always going to be sleep, stress, food quality, hydration, nutrients. Those are always going to come into play regardless of what it looks like and how it's coming into play in your life. It's going to happen. It's going to be a conversation that we're going to have. Um, and the, the reality of this is not like a 90 day transformation that your gym does. I hate those. Oh, I hate those too. Now the the big box gyms near me are now advertising um, gut health stuff. And I'm like, my eye twitches every time I walk by the poster. And I'm like, I really want to say something. And I'm like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. So it's like, because <sighs> this corporation, they're not, nobody at the gym. What are they going to do? They're just doing what they're told because they work for a corporation. They're not going to do anything. So I'm like, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Even though and it's really hard because we get really frustrated that we've spent so much time on education and trial and error and personal experience. And we've like, both of us have been burned by other coaches and other nutrition nutritionists and all of the biggest quotes that I can muster. Then then we found something that works for us. And then we got educated on it because we don't want to be the problems anymore. We want no, to help. Them we don't want to be the problems. Yeah. We and so be- we continue to get as much education as possible and give it to our clients and give a a lot of it away for free. Like this is a free platform for our podcast and all of the content that we post and share. And yeah, I think I've got like, I'm redoing one of my master classes and I'll, I'll drop it in the link below because it's a, what's a metabolism masterclass. It's the unfuck your metabolism masterclass. I'm just like updating it with stuff that I've learned and like just re-recording it and like letting the replay out into the world, like literally free information, you guys, free information that continues to get updated. 
because we continue learning because the research in the nutrition space is not very old. It, there's a lot of outdated and unreliable studies that have been done. And now studies and research are starting to become more varied, more inclusive, more nuanced, more like sort of retrospective of past things that have been said. And so there's always new information coming out about best practices. And those are things that we stay up to date on. Um, same with training, right? Same with training and working out and um, recovery and different methods. Like those are always things that are updating and changing. And so, you know, it's important for us to, that. that's why it's like, well, you guys really talk about a lot of the same shit all the time. Yeah, we do, but stuff is still always changing. And, and that will nuance how we address certain topics as the years go on. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very new industry still. And so we want to make sure that we're on the forefront of making sure that we are not perpetuating the toxic and unhealthy behaviors um, of the health and fitness industry or what I like to call toxic fitness culture. Is toxic gut health culture going to be a thing soon too? Probably. Yeah. It already is. It already it's is. as big. That's what, that that's Beachbody's newest thing. Oh God, don't get me started. And don't worry, it's a cleanse. Oh, yeah. I know. It's so You take bad. the powder and it just fixes all your bloating. It's a it's like a four week program. I'm like, bitch. Do you know it takes how long it, longer? Do you know how long it takes to do an actual viable elimination reintroduction phase through multiple sources of foods that could be causing it's it's months. If you have like, so I, I did one when I was working with a dietitian, I had like, food was not my problem. And now that we've learned that adrenals are my problem, like it was still two and a half months. Right. Yeah. And I like, food was not my issue. Right. And this is assuming that you do your eliminations correctly and don't have to like restart them because I've had situations right. where like people will be like, oh, fuck, I forgot that this was in whatever. And I ate it. I'm like, oh, start over. Starting <laughs> over. Starting over. Cause you got to get it out of your system and retest and see what, see and challenge it and see what happens with your biofeedback before we can move on to the next thing. Um, and it's, it's long and it's arduous, but 99.9% .9 of the time, that's again, the concept of healthy food, right? In big quotes, healthy food, just because it's a healthy food, quote unquote, if you actually have some shit going on, not all food is going to be healthy for you right now. Right. It's not a supplement and a supplement's likely not going to fix that. No. Can, can certain supplements help certain parts of the process sort of speed along? Y yes. And those, those are kind of few and far between. Um, and the companies that we trust with those types of supplements are not being blasted on TikTok by influencers. They're well-researched and well-founded and um, they're constantly testing new things and doing new research and updating and upgrading their um, protocols and their um, their processes for creating and maintaining the quality of those supplements. And that's a very different story. And they're not, again, meant to be just a one size fixes all. They're like a part of a bigger process that gets put into place. Caitlin knows because she's dealing with some shit right now. Um <laughs> and they're not basic proprietary blends. No, it's not a proprietary blend. If you guys see like proprietary the, blends, just the supplement that I was 
talking to you about from new ethics like yeah there's no blend on that information label however the information label is this big with all of its correct it lists out every single thing that's in it yeah which is awesome because you can really know what's in the product exactly. but that should also be a that should be standard that should not be the exception correct. to the rule that should be the rule that should be the rule exactly and it's not because supplementation is not highly regulated and i mean granted what the fda regulates doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you <laughs> and also depending on how much money you have like um yeah, fuck it. First Forum and the Bomars. Um, if you have enough money, you can just keep paying off those lawsuits and they just yep. go away. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, we're really talking some shit now. <laughs> I'm small enough. They don't give a shit. I'm already blocked <laughs> by Sarah. Nobody's going to listen no. to me. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I mean, when it, when it comes down to it, it's just, yeah, it's just, oh, God. That's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation that we could have, like the supplementation, the quality, the sourcing, the testing that things go through red flags to look for. Um, there's very like few companies that I actually like, um, trust and they're not the influencery brands. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No. They're maybe smaller. Hormones and thyroid stuff on the deeper levels. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll come on and we'll talk about that. I would love thyroid is my favorite thing to talk about ever. Well, I don't know. It's a tie between birth control and sex hormones and thyroid function. Those are my two babies. Those are my, my favorite things. I don't know. I also like gut health, but their gut health is intertwined in both of those things very heavily. So yeah. they go hand in hand. Like basically if you've been on birth control for a long time, your gut is probably fucked up. If it's not, I'm shocked. Um, and if you have thyroid issues, your gut is probably fucked up. And if it's not, I'm shocked. <laughs> they're, just, they're besties. And sometimes they go together. Sometimes you got sex hormone issues and thyroid issues and they've, there's a vicious circle going on there as to why both of those processes are not functioning on an, on a, on an optimal basis for your body. And that's again, yes. I'd love to have one thing, that, one thing that kind of ties into this. And I think this will be the last thing that I say, just because it is what I'm dealing with right now. And I ranted on my stories about it the other day, but like, I understand I'm a coach. And I'm dealing with, um, right now, at this point in time, the tiny piece of the puzzle is cortisol levels and adrenal health. Yeah. However, when I went to the doctor four months ago, I was told that everything is fine. However, and then I still didn't feel right. So please, whatever journey you are on, even if it's just fitness, or if you're just trying to eat healthier, whatever that means for you. If something doesn't feel right, please seek higher education, educational health than Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Like, and advocate for yourself. If you have to go to your doctor, I totally understand. But advocate for yourself and yeah. tell them that I don't feel right. Here is why. Yeah. Um, and then we get we some answers. Exactly. And I do have a podcast on this. It's, I don't remember what episode it is. It's uh, the title of the episode is what to do when you feel like shit, but your doctor says you're fine. And I literally in that podcast, you guys list labs to ask for. Mm -hmm. And I link how to get them out of pocket if your doctor won't pull them. And now, what you, now what you do with those labs afterwards, again, I would 
still recommend investing in a consultation or hiring a coach to who work, who knows how to read labs. Cause not all coaches know how to read labs and, and work within the functional space and be help you be an advocate within your medical care. Cause we are not doctors. We cannot diagnose, but we can, it can help put some of the pieces of the puzzle together for why certain things are affecting other things and, and what actually really truly needs to be a focus. And it can also help inform, um, like, uh, nutrient recommendations. Like sometimes a higher fiber diet is a good recommendation in certain scenarios if certain things are coming up on lab work um or like uh and but anyway, a rabbit hole sorry i digress but the bottom line is you can advocate for yourself and those resources are out there so if you do if you're if you are in that camp um go listen to i don't remember what episode that is but go dig it's like i don't know somewhere in there nine maybe eight i have no idea go listen to that podcast and start asking those questions start asking the questions because that's the only way you're going to get answers that is the only way you're going to get answers. And you don't and need if your to- your person isn't as passionate as Elena is right now, just find someone else. Because <laughs> I was that person. It took me right. 14 years to get a diagnosis for my endometriosis. It t- And I had to ask and learn and read and get the, get the questions answered. I had to go through multiple doctors. It took me- six years, seven to get a Hashimoto's diagnosis from when I first started showing symptoms. And if you're already showing symptoms, there's shit been going on a while already. So if you're already showing symptoms, there's been something happening. It didn't just start. So you know what I mean? So it's just, you don't, people like me and people like Caitlin, we exist because we don't want people to have the same shit experience and lose out on that life quality for as long as we did or and go through those frustrating processes and go through them alone because six, seven years ago, this was not a widely talked about topic. There were not coaches that worked in, in gut health, in the functional space. And if they did, it was still very new. And I'm so happy that there were people that paved the way because I, I, I did have a coach at the time, but he admittedly was like, I know nothing about this. At least he admitted it. And he admitted it. I was super glad because then I was able to kind of pursue and like, we kind of talked and I w- I shared my research and stuff with him. And he was very open to like working within some of the things that I was learning, which was really beneficial, but I needed somebody like me. I really did need somebody like me. And then eventually I did find somebody who does a lot of this stuff within the context of their coaching and they fixed a lot of my shit. They fixed a lot of my shit and I finally felt good again. And then again, when I had problems, I found another person who did something similar after I had my crazy bad anxiety and like was eating 700 calories a day on a good day. Right. And she again helped fix my shit. It took six months. It took six months to feel better to, you know what I mean? But again, months versus years yeah months versus years sometimes and it took years yeah to get but it took it took me years to get better but it now can take people months to start feeling better and that's the difference that's the difference between enjoying your life and feeling miserable all the time and that is that is really what it boils down to and caitlin and i are kind of both on the same page we're just like why why feel like shit why feel like shit yeah there's no point but anyway, okay. I have no long, I have no idea how long we've actually been talking. This is probably going to be a pretty long podcast. So if you are still hanging out with us, you are Thanks. a trooper. Thank you. We're glad you're here. Um, but this will be coming out um, on both the, um, if you are listening on the Outdoor Fib podcast, I invite you to um, come join over us to on What the Funk. And if you are a loyal What the Funker, go come see out. me. Come see Caitlin on the Outdoor Fib you podcast. You hear different things. 
So, Very different things, but I think that everybody can benefit from getting outside. So yeah, maybe her podcast, if you aren't already an outdoorsy person, will inspire you. And it's not all about the outdoors. No. It's just different approach to fitness that's not yes. gym focused. Yes. And I fully support that focus because her and I are very much aligned in our values within the fitness industry and how we want to approach things with our clients, which is why it's always such a pleasure talking with you. So um, thanks uh, for collabing with me. Yeah, anytime. This is fun. This was really fun. (laughs) We went off on a lot of rabbit holes, but you want to know what? (laughs) It's stayed on topic most of the time. (laughs) It's on topic most of the time. I I think we give ourselves like an 80%. I think we, we, we got a solid, yeah. no, maybe like an 85. We got a solid B plus. I think 85, yeah. 85%. We got through the main stuff we wanted to get through before we went off on tangents. Yes. And then even those things did wrap into others, they, but. They did. They did. They eventually. Frustrated this is a safe space. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, um, we hope to see you next time, either on What the Funk or on. Outdoor Fit. And I am Caitlin. Or no, I'm, I'm Elena. I was going to say, I was, I, I'm Elena. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We will talk with you uh, next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the episode, please subscribe, follow, and share with all of your hiking buddies. And until next time, don't forget to pack your snacks. Thanks, guys.